Living in the rising sun, the land of bamboo, Tengu, and Gundam Like, yo, can't believe I finally made it, Matsuri celebrated Golden Week, hold it down with my show E-Tank it out of, let's hit Yamada, thank you, big smile, I feel Yo, minasan, manga sensei, podcast e yokoso. I am, thank, thank you, thank you. I am actually not John Sensei, as you may have noticed. I am um, actually his wife. My name's Christine. And we've had a lot of people on the podcast um, and interviewed them, but we've never really talked about who John Sensei is. I call him Johnny, so I'll probably just call him Johnny during the podcast. Cause... And I'll probably just call her Honey. Uh huh. Because she's my wife. <laughs> So, yeah, so we're going to kind of do a little bit of kind of get to know who Johnny is and why he does Japanese and where he comes from and all that good stuff. So That and you're the ba- you're the backbone, I think, of all the podcasts. So you make sure things get online and you help me out. And... I do what I can. That I actually I do not speak Japanese, obviously. So I, the podcast I do will the not parts that I can that don't require Japanese speaking. Yes. Got that part. So... I'm very good at English. I'm super good at English. Super good at English. Yeah. I was actually an ESL teacher for quite a while, so I have studied a little bit with language learning, which I kind of enjoy contributing in that sense when I can, because um, I'm very familiar with that aspect of just language learning in general. And um, Fenton, you've been involved with Manga Sensei since day one. Yeah, I do editing for you guys, and I actually edit for another company as well for English. So I, I feel comfortable saying I'm good at least one language. You are. I'm just not as cool as Johnny to be. You're, Super awesome. You're, you're cooler than me in different ways, dear. There you go. There you go. Different ways. So I guess um, I don't really know what you've talked to people about in terms of like everything you've covered, but maybe you should just tell everybody a little bit about who you are, like where you're from, how you got interested in Japanese. Why don't Why don't you tell it? Really? Yeah. Why don't you tell people? I know some of it. So why don't you tell Why don't you tell what you know, and I'll fill in any blanks. Okay. So he is actually from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's right. Middle of nowhere. It is a tiny town. There's like no one in his town. There's a thousand people. Nobody there's actually knows. a thousand people in my there's, hometown. There's actually a thousand people. It's very small. Good old Shelton, Nebraska. <laughs> so small. Look so, it up, folks. <laughs> there's a dot on the map. It's not even on the map. It's a point in the map in between nowhere. So yeah, he is originally from Nebraska. Um, yep. I know that you were a Power Ranger addict as a child and that you used to think Japanese was cool, but you didn't really speak it. And then um, you ended up serving a mission for our church over in Nagoya. And that's kind of where you actually started to learn Japan. That's where I started to learn Japan? Japan, Japanese. (laughs) I don't Do you even Japan, Christine? (laughs) You even. (laughs) No. (laughs) So that's where you started to learn Japanese. Yes. Um, How'd I do? That's not bad. That's not bad. Okay. I was Power Ranger, Power Ranger addict. Still I, a Power Ranger addict. I, I wouldn't say addict. I don't we watch, watched Power Rangers on our anniversary. We watched the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on our anniversary. I don't Is watch the modern ones. Is there a difference between? Yeah, because the Power Rangers. So the Power Rangers called Super Sentai in Japan. I would love yes. And so in the States, it became more of a kid's show. And I liked it when I was a kid. When I grew up, I stopped watching. I don't watch the more recent ones. I watched, I've watched them for 15 years. But I watched the old ones. I watched the classic ones, I like and I watched the like Japanese ones when I was a kid. Point, actually, I'm so. not, a, I'm not an addict. I just enjoy Japanese stuff. That is true. Okay, so what? However, else before in? I went to Japan, I could read hiragana. Okay. I taught myself hiragana. Um, I didn't know how to teach myself the rest, though. Gotcha. So I tried, and I learned like random words and stuff. I learned how to say "I'll kill you." Super useful. Super useful. Yeah. And I could greet people. That was about it. And then uh, I went after after my mission. I went and I worked speaking Japanese. I did translation. And I had a Japanese roommate. And I did interpretation. 
and I eventually got working in patent translation and uh, kind of took out and I also majored at in Japanese at university as well. So, I do know those things. You do know those Believe things. Believe it or not. Yeah. Those you do. You've been married to me for a couple years now. So. I have. I do know those things. He's actually pretty cool. He gets a... I think he's cool. He's my husband, hopefully. Hopefully, I think he's cool. <laughs> I have it on recording now, so no one can ever say it doesn't. it's not true. Dang it. <laughs> but I remember, because um, he actually ended up doing the translating for Kumamoto-jo. Yeah, so Kumamoto Castle, the interpretation. He was actually doing simultaneous translation for me with the lady talking, because we were there, and I don't speak Japanese, so he's telling me in my ear what she's saying, and she was just like, please help me. <laughs> so she gave him this whole thing to like translate for the castle, which was kind of fun. We're like, okay, cool. So, but yeah. So you go to Kumoto Castle in Japan, a lot of the interpretation stuff, when they walk you through the place, they speak any English or all the stuff they say over the uh, microphone, like um, lost child and stuff like that. Like that's, that's my, that's mine. So cool. It's a pretty castle too. Ninja proof <laughs> castle with the, it, the corridor. It is a cool castle. With, with there's corridor. like spikes. There's like spikes to protect against ninjas. It is a cool it's, castle. It's a pretty cool castle. You should go. If you go to Japan, that's, that, that's got to be on your bucket list. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. Okay, so when you went to Japan and you went on a church mission there, um, did you find it difficult learning Japanese while you were there? Did you pick it up pretty quick? Um, so truth be told, the first three months probably a little more than the first few months, maybe in the first four months or so, mm-hmm. I barely could speak at all. I struggled really hardcore. I think it's really, really critical myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I really tried to learn Japanese. I, I cried a lot. And you know I don't cry a lot at all. No. Like, well, I, especially not around other people. No, no. Like, like, you were very passionate about learning a language, and you get frustrated if you feel like you can't do it. You're very, you're very adamant about learning language. Yes. Maybe that's it. Maybe I, I, I think if you're gonna do it you gotta do it right. And I, I wasn't I couldn't get I couldn't speak. I mean I haven't seen you I didn't see you when you were learning Japanese, but I've seen you learning Korean. Because mm-hmm. he actually does speak Korean as well. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> not as not quite as good as Japanese. Manhua Song Sidney. His Korean's conversational upper level conversational problem. Yeah, it's, it, it's more like high intermediate, yeah. low advanced. So, but I, I've seen you get very frustrated over learning Korean and like really fighting to do that. It's not as bad now because you, you've kind of, I think, gotten into like a, yeah. a mode for it. So that's kind of what I'm assuming when you learn Japanese. It was very like similar. That. I think I was a little more intense Japanese because I didn't mm-hmm. know how to learn it, so it took me longer. And you were there. And I was there and I couldn't speak English. Like I could, yeah. I could go home and speak to you during the day, uh-huh, but great. like in Japan I couldn't. That's true. There was no one to go back to. There was, it was, it was like speak Japanese or die. Yeah. And I was dying for the first three months. but What do you think clicked and changed then? So I, I give this two parts. I really think the one major part for me is spiritual. It's part of my religion. I believe that God helped me. But on the other side of things, I think I stopped <coughs> worrying so much about making mistakes and being perfect. Mm-hmm. I was so worried about saying something correctly or saying something accurately or using the correct word or using the correct grammar point that I learned. And then I started to allow myself to make mistakes. With your mistakes, could you say during every podcast, and I've heard you say it before too, like just make, you have to make 10,000 mistakes before you're fluent. Um, I've heard you say that for a long time before you did the podcast. Where did yep. you learn that from? So that was from Parker Andrus. I actually did an interview with him on the podcast. Uh-huh. He was my first Japanese teacher and he was the one that told it to me, but it didn't ring true to me till I was actually out in Japan. Because, I don't know, it was school book learning versus actual learning. Yeah, that's true. And so the 10,000 mistakes became almost my mantra on, like, when I was in, living in Japan. Because it was, like, it was, 
I stopped looking at mistakes like bad things. I just remembered this, but I feel like you've asked people this in your podcast before. What is the biggest mistake you've ever made in Japanese? The biggest mistake that I've ever made in Japanese? Yeah, and I want to know. I actually don't know if I know this. I've had a lot of moments where I would, like, say something and think I was saying something right and then, like, get nervous and stop speaking on the other, like, just, like, clam up. But did you ever say something? Because I know you told me that somebody that you were with asked for a... I don't know if you shared this one. Child molester sandwich. Child, I have, yeah. You had the child molester sandwich. Yeah. So, but you haven't had any. Have you had anything quite like that? Um. Really, you're that perfect, huh? I don't think if I say anything like super crazy out of line. Oh, I I do have one. I don't think I've ever told this thing on the podcast. So I was with so the guy who started teaching, my first roommate in Japan, um, my friend Ryler, not Ryler, my friend uh, Riley. That's his first name, Riley. Um, Riley. Um, Thought it would be funny to play pranks on me by telling me words as their opposite. Oh, really? I haven't heard this. So he would tell me words. So, for example, if you instead of saying, would you slow down because he'd ride his bike fast, uh-huh. he'd say, hurry up. He'd tell me to say, hurry up instead. So he would speed up because yes. you're saying. Or he would tell me, or he would use very, very low-level Japanese and tell me that was the appropriate word to use. Cool. So for example, we so we were at someone's birthday party, invited over to their home. It was their it was a family that we knew. Um, their daughter was I think turning like eighteen. His friend, and um, he asked, and I was able to understand this. He asked like, "How old are you?" She said, "I'm 18. and he's like, "That's super fun. You're still so young." He was I think twenty twenty one at the time, mm-hmm. and and so he's like, "Ah." Oh, and myself thinking, hey, I know this word that Riley has taught me before. I'll use this one. So I was like, wake. And wake is effing young, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that would just be really awkward. So I, I used the command You get like form. kind of a shocked look. Like, so the uh... mom almost dropped the birthday cake. <laughs> And her father <laughs> was awkward. kind of angry at me. But you're like, what did I do? <laughs> well, the thing was... You're just like 18-year-old little kid. I was 18-year-old kid. And, well, the thing was, like, Riley told me that was the word to use. <laughs> and so I was... It wasn't my fault. Yeah. It was the word he told me was appropriate, and he just never thought I'd have the time to use it. And, and then he was like, oh. He's like, ah, oh, crap, I'm teaching him the wrong thing. So, yes. Riley, if you're still listening, you suck. Like, I love you, but you suck. I wouldn't have this, is this, this is the same guy who tricked me into wearing a woman's kimono. I'm surprised you didn't recognize it. I was surprised I didn't recognize it either, okay? back now. Yep. Don't look up the internet, people. It's not on there. <laughs> no, I, I think you've hidden that away somewhere. <laughs> uh, oh, exciting, exciting mistakes. So you don't have to make those kinds of mistakes, I guess. No, but I think it, it helps you understand. Like that's what it's one of the things that helps you remember. It's the worst remember. thing you could do. So I mean, you've it's, already done it. It's so. true. I, it's one of the worst things I could have done. So I, I did it, and I got it out of my system, and now I make other mistakes, and you know, it's okay. There you go. I had a friend. I had a roommate ask if so, he asked a mom if someone actually loved their child. That was exciting. Oh. Gates. All right. There's <laughs> many, many exciting things to learn. So when you came back from Japan, um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will come back because I'm familiar with a lot of people who've like served missions. I actually went on one for our church as well. I, I just went to an English-speaking country. I ended up in Australia. 
Um, so I didn't actually learn the language. <laughs> Australian's pretty close. Australian English. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, that's why so, she's really good at English. You can even understand right, Aussies. I can, I, can, I can even understand Australian. So even um, the Bogan Aussies. Yeah. <laughs> I did we, have one guy tell me he wanted to be like Steve Irwin, and I was like, he's the only person in this whole country who wants to be well, like, you know, like Steve Irwin. <laughs> like thirteen percent of our audience lives in Australia. So. That's great. Well, I'm glad to hear that there's Aussies out there listening. So. Because I, I, I love Australia. Yeah. It's Melbourne's a nice place. Yeah. I love it. Um, but a lot of people, when they come back, if they have gone somewhere where they speak a different language, they'll come back, they get back into their normal life, and then they're just speaking English, if they're from an English-speaking country. Yep. Um, and they, a lot of them lose a good amount of the language. Like, they'll be able to understand some of it. My dad's a good example. He lived in France for a while. So did your grandpa. My grand, my dad even, like, I think majored in French. My grandpa, my, my grandpa's still very, very fluent in French, mm -hmm. but my father has largely forgotten it because he hasn't used it, and it's very common for people to do that. How did you keep up your language studies? Oh, I think you know this one the best. I, I take every single opportunity we get to actually speak the language. Like, how many people have we had over to our house that are Japanese? I can't talk to you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times have we had the conversations where it's like four people in the apartment, you, me, and the couple I invite over or whatever, and then like, I'll just translate what they say to you and yeah. we'll now, just talk back and I forth. I will say, like, I don't speak Japanese, but I'm pretty good at reading the air and figuring out what's going on. And I understand, like, a few words here and there that people are always kind of, like, surprised that I know what they're talking about. Which is kind of funny to me, but... You've been around enough Japanese now. You have a good understanding. You know I understand words. enough words, and I know what you're talking about usually, and I understand right. your Japanese a little bit, yep. even though I don't speak it. So, yes, but I have a lot, a lot of situations where I just cannot talk to people in my house, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, then I think I took every... I mean, I moved with a Japanese guy mm -hmm. when I first came back. I, I got Japanese jobs. I worked in interpretation. I worked in translation. I, I did everything I really could to speak Japanese every single... Even if I wasn't the best, yeah. I still took every opportunity I could to speak it, or read it, or write it, and I read books. And taking the opportunity, how did you find was like the most effective way to study it? Um, I think it depends on what you want to do. But for me, personally, um, I wanted to get better at reading. So I grabbed some books that I was interested in and started reading them. Um, I wanted to be able to talk really fluidly. Like, that was really important to me. What was one of the best books that you read for, for learning um, Japanese? For learning Japanese? Or improving um, your vocabulary and grammar? Death Note. Death Note? Because they use very high diction. And there's a lot of internal dialogue versus external dialogue. Okay. And so learning how Japanese people speak to themselves. So that would have been like lists, that would have been reading. And... Reading Death Note was actually quite good. I wasn't there, there was one that you used to listen to or watch that you said had a lot of different vocabulary that you never heard. Was it Hunter Hunter? Was that it? Hunter Hunter was pretty good. It was kind of weird, honestly. Hunter Hunter was. You I don't know. That, I know that you had a couple that you liked because the vocabulary and the grammar. I try to find. I don't know. I try to find things that are not necessarily off the beaten path, but more have daily conversation that might be just interesting. I don't know. It depends on what I. It depends on what I'm interested in. But right. um, there's been a couple books, a couple manga that I found are interesting. Um, nice, just normal like videos. I listen to a podcast Do about you startups in Japanese now. Like it's using really textbooks as references. Absolutely not. I think textbooks suck. So you'd rather use like a manga or some kind of entertaining book? Not necessarily an entertaining book. I think it depends on what you want. If you want to have academic Japanese, I think textbooks are poor. Read, acad read academic things. So like an academic journal? Journal medicine. or uh, read, read, listen to TED Talks. Mm -hmm. That That's makes a, sense. So like I listen to TED Talks in Japanese. That'd be more of a listening. If you want to um, Taka Takamori, I can't remember his name, Horie. He's really good. At, he's uh, an entrepreneur from Japan. He's he's wonderful. He's absolutely wonderful. And um, he, I listen to his stuff. 
as well as I, find, I try to find something that I'm interested in. So if you want to learn how to do business, listen to business podcasts, read, listen to business conversations on YouTube. Actually to get experience in the thing after you get a base, of course, after you get a foundation, mm-hmm. understand how Japanese grammar works, do the things that you actually want to do. I want to talk to people. So I do things that really focus in on conversation. Gotcha. Makes sense. He definitely does that when he's at home. He, I think we're there's always some kind of Japanese going on in the background. So yeah, I don't know what, what it is half the time. Like, what are you listening to? Like, it's my show. I'm like, okay. So there's one always, piece, guys. One piece. One piece is definitely where it's at for Johnny. I, I think I've seen right now episode before, but it's good. There's a million episodes of that show. There's yeah, there's a lot. I'm just I'm just slowly kind of creeping through it, listening to it. So if tomorrow you woke up. You had amnesia. Couldn't remember anything. You remember me because I'm. Remember you? Okay. But you're Japanese. Poof, gone out of your head. Where would you start learning language again? Um, and this is not to be. Maybe it is a little bit. Um. I tried to make something that would help people do from the beginning, and that's how honestly how I studied because I made it. And not, I'm not just going to just go back to the because I made. It, I want everybody to use it. Made I use what? it because thirty day challenge. Oh. The third day challenge for me was how I would study Japanese if I had to study it over again, because it's it's what makes sense to my brain right now by taking the most commonly used words, using the most commonly used grammar, and then streamlining that across a 30-day challenge to front load them 20 words a day, as well as, well, it's a challenge. I want to challenge myself. So I would do everything I could to talk to a Japanese person, um, read Japanese every day, it's something I'm interested in, and then I would pound front load vocab and try to find the most commonly used grammar points and that's why i do a 30-day challenge so if you haven't done it yet kids it's free it's just a challenge on my website that you can try to take like it's just text i know this is getting a little bit long interview so we're probably gonna start wrapping it up just as a final question before we end today um yeah i know that you wanted to start a podcast for quite a while. Um, I remember, I think you started, what, was it August that you started I think the it was like the end of August, beginning of September. It was yeah. right in the school, so it was, it's starting. It was around there. Um, and I know that you had talked about doing a podcast for quite a while. Uh-huh. And I said, well, why not just start now? But I actually, actually don't know. Why did you initially want to start a podcast? What made you decide to do a podcast as opposed to something else? So I wanted to do something... I don't know. I, I wanted to do something. I felt, I felt like the teaching at my university was insulting to my intelligence. It was taught down. I think BYU has a great program. It's one of the top programs for Japanese in the nation. Mm-hmm. But I think the way of teaching Japanese is, is archaic and broken. It's just a little... They do things the same way they did in the 60s. Yeah. My, my, one of the guys I lived with in Japan, he used the same textbook that his father used. He's 26 years old. His father's 26 years old? No, he's 26 years old. His dad's in his, like, probably mid to late 40s, right? Yeah, now his dad speaks lovely Japanese. I mean, he's a super smart guy, but the thing that is, is I, language needs to evolve. Language evolves, so language teaching also needs to evolve. Correct. And I think what I want to do is I want to bring Japanese to the 21st century. I have good enough language ability. I know how the language works. I've taught language at college. I've taught language to friends. I've taught language in English to Japanese people. I've... Uh-huh. And so I figured, why don't I build something that would help people learn Japanese? And if I'm not good at it, I can just get out. That's why I did the first 30 days of the 30-day challenge was, I'll just do this for 30 days, and if I fail, 
if it's, no one's interested in this podcast, then I'll just stop. It's 30 days, 30-day challenge is over, done. And uh, ever since I started doing the podcast, the 30-day challenge, everyone's been, it's been awesome. I mean, I, I did it so I could give myself a way out after 30 days, but after 30 days, we had enough of a little bit of a following that I didn't want to let the people that were listening down. And so I tried to make something that would benefit them. I was tr- I wanted to recreate the tools that I wish I had. Someone to explain grammar to me in a way that makes sense. Someone to help me actually speak the language. Someone to encourage me. And most of all, someone to tell me that it was okay to make mistakes. And so that's what I wanted to do. And something I could... Uh, that wasn't uh, limited by some stupid gang, stupid Genki textbook. <laughs> Genki sucks. Wow, you and your vendetta against Genki. Okay. So, but I think that kind of concludes our podcast here. Mina-san, do you want to close it out, Jane? Sure, I'll close it out. Mina-san, oboitokinasai. Moshi nihongo de pereperi naritai nara, yahari machigai ga hitsu desu yo. Desu kara ishou ni machigaite mo ok na no de, ishou ni machigaimashou. Sore de ja, mata ashita. Bye-bye. 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 B